Good morning, Cross Lanes Baptist Church family. How are you? Good. It is a joy to be with so many of you, so many faces I recognize and stories I could tell. Uh, but I'll only tell one. Um, it's really about myself, uh, how in God's grace he has uh, saved me and uh, taught me so many things in this church. So as a teenager, I uh, often would run sound, and uh, I enjoyed it. Many, many Sundays, I would sit there in the back and help during uh, Christmas productions of many different types. And one Sunday, um, as one, uh, I'll leave this person's name off, uh, was directing the choir. I felt like the choir, there were people on vacation and quiet and stuff. And during that time, this is the tape days. Um, there, so we had two tracks. You have the audio and you have the music. And so I felt, ah, oh, they're a little weak today, so I'll add some extra voices. Man, oh man, did I hear it after that. Do not ever do that again, Brian McClure. So my teenage wisdom uh, was definitely matured in that moment at the drop of a hat. And I am so thankful for this church and all the ways that you have encouraged me to become and to grow in my walk with Jesus. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, or your iPods, please uh, turn to 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. And I will be reading from the ESV. And if you would stand with me as we read 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. My de- desires this morning is to tell you a little bit about who I am, a little bit about what we do, and really the more important part is why we're compelled to go. From God's word, which we'll read together today. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this text. We know that you will use your words to focus our hearts, to hear your voice, find the sin in our lives, and further us in obedience to all that you're commanding us to do. We know that you're faithful, that you save, and we ask this morning that we would hear you speak. Amen. You may be seated. Let me tell you a little about myself and my family. As you may see them behind you, they're here also to my right. Heidi's raising her hand. My oldest, Heidi, and my wife, Allie, uh, we have lived in the Czech Republic for the past 13 years. Our girls were born there, and our son was born here in America. So he often argues that I'm the only true American. But I tell him it's not true. Then all of us are. But we uh, have been living in the country for 13 years, but I grew up in this part of God's beautiful earth. I grew up in the Canal Valley. I was homeschooled here uh, from third grade. I went to Cross Lanes Christian School for the first three years, and then from fourth grade on, my mom taught me, and so you can blame her. She's not here now. If, if I say something improper, it was her education. Just kidding, all those homeschoolers. But as I grew up in this, in, in this church, um, God did incredible things through youth pastors and I spent many uh, time in some of your homes and grew up with your children and was doted on by many of you um, as grandparents. And I, uh, when I was 17, we moved to Beckley, which was difficult for me. I uh, love this valley. 
I had cousins, aunt and uncle who I loved dearly, and God pulled us from this place and moved us to Beckley. But in God's tearing out or removing us from this area, he placed a pastor who mentored me and encouraged me that if you want to follow God, you can do that. You can do it a couple different ways. You can either go to Bible school or you can get a secular degree. And so I went to get an accounting degree at Concord University, graduated, and then I had a decision. What do I do now? If I'm supposed to follow Jesus, which on a mission trip from this church, God called me to faithfully serve him in full-time ministry to D.C. while we were there. And if I was going to faithfully follow him, I needed to be trained. I needed to know the Bible well. And where do you do that? You do that with biblical scholars who teach at seminaries. So the conversation was where? And actually, Seth was one of those that said, you need to consider. And I said, I don't know. Southeastern, really? But my mother as well was one that said, no, you need to consider Southeastern. And I did. I went, saw, and felt God drawing me to Southeastern. And that decision changed my life. As little decisions, little things that we choose to listen to or allow do, the little atomic aspects of their decision-making process changes us, the little things. And God shaped my heart, and that's where I met my wife. We met as we both moved to the area recently. I moved for seminary. She moved for work, and we were married in 2008. And it was from that early beginnings of our marriage, I, I realized that God was doing something in my heart. Because after we were married, I went to China for two weeks. And I don't know if anybody's been to to China, but it's an incredibly large country. And you say a small town, and they say a million, and you're just like, wow, that's big. And as I was corrected from the first service uh, by my father who came up and said, well, West Virginia has 1.8 million people. This town had 1 million people and not a single gospel church, not an evangelical church there. And that lostness gripped me. You say, what lostness? Well, lostness, as the Bible talks about, is is us without Jesus. It talks about light and darkness. You're blind or see. And that's the two aspects that we see in scriptures. Those that follow Jesus and those that don't follow Jesus. And I didn't know darkness. I didn't know what lostness was until I went to China. And so for... After for two weeks we were there, and when I returned, I started praying. Okay, Lord, if you want to be, want me to be a part of reaching this world with the gospel, I'll be willing to go. I know that I, you call me to serve you full time. This could be part of that call, and I'm willing to do it. But I told Jesus, you know, I'm married now, right? I didn't talk to Allie about it. I just said, hey, we need to be called together, and God did that. That's a longer story, but God, in his incredible power, showed us that we should be faithful and serve him in a dark place. And that dark place is an incredible city that you see in the next slide, that we live, well, let me show you where it is first. Some of you actually have been there in the town with us, which is a joy to be able to be with you again and remind you of God's faithfulness. And we were here five years ago, and I want to share some of the things God is doing in this incredible part of the world. So you say, where is Czechia? Where is Czech Republic? Some of you may remember Czechoslovakia, but we split with those Slovaks, and we said, no, we don't want to be a part of you anymore. I'm just kidding. We like Slovaks. They're incredible people. But Czech Republic and Slovakia split in about 20, uh, 30 years ago. So we live in Central Europe, and we're bordered by Poland, Germany, Slovakia, and Austria. 
And the country has approximately 10 million people, and we live in the capital city of Prague, which has 1.2 million people. And you say, well, what does it look like? If I was to visit, you may say, I often want to know, where do you live? What's it look like to walk your streets, your footsteps? And this is what it looks like. If you take a look out our window, this is the view from our window in the evening. Um, You can see all the lights, and this is looking over the southeast corner. And this is our district. We live in an area of the city called Barendorf, which is Prague 5 in the south. And we are uh, been a part in the past three years of planning the only church in a district of almost 30,000 people. And this is where we live and work. And so if you were to travel into the center of the city, which much more well known, this is what it would look like. You'd see the National Theater, which has incredible history. Um, we you would see incredible buildings that date back millennia. The foundations of the first slide, the ch- chapel, excuse me, the cathedral, was 900 A.D. So incredibly rich historical city with a millennia of life that is lived there. And so you say, well, what does it look like? What does it work look like for you all in the Czech Republic? Well, I often find it most helpful to think about it in three ways. We make, mature, and multiply disciples. We make, meaning people that are far from the gospel, sharing the gospel with them. I don't know uh, how you came to faith, but I would expect that it involved the gospel. The good news that Jesus took the place that we should have paid the penalty for our sins, Jesus did it in our place. That's why it's good news. He did something we could never do. So we make by proclaiming Then we mature by teaching them to obey. And part of that maturing is also sharing, so multiplying. Sharing the things that we have heard with others, as Timothy 2.2 says. 2 Timothy 2.2 says. So we make mature and multiply in order for the gospel to be proclaimed. And you say, well, that's interesting, but what's it look like right now? Well, let's get asked that question in just a moment, but let's first dive into our text. So, 1 Peter, if you still have your Bibles open, was written by the Apostle Peter to a Gentile, meaning non-Jew, anyone else that wasn't a Jew was a Gentile, to an audience in Asia Minor, from prison in Rome. He wrote this letter to bring encouragement in times of trials. Anybody struggling? Anybody need encouragement? We live in a time where we lack encouragement, don't we? And so Peter wrote this for Christians, like the church. And he writes it amid, this letter amid, precursing persecution. Because in 64, Nero started systematically persecuting and eliminating Christians. And he does this encouragement in multiple ways. First, in the first chapter, he says, Blessed be The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, has called us to be born again. Caused us. So he's writing to say, you were caused. You weren't just an accident. You have purpose. You were saved. And Peter uses this process of Christian growth as being built up in chapter 2, verse 5. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as as a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. A holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices. That's what you're building, being built up to do. He's encouraging them. 
And that built up can also be translated into make more able. So you're being built up, Christian, as one who is able to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So this is the foundation. This is why he's writing this. And then we get to our passage today. But you are a chosen race, a holy priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. I have two points for you this morning. First one, we are God's chosen royal priests. Chosen royal priests. God has saved us, not me, us. God is bringing a people to himself, not just a person. He's choosing to use the church to do that. Here's the idea. God is saving, and he's choosing to use the church to do it. Why, you ask? Why has he chosen to use me, us together? I don't feel like I should be part of this. Well, because the church is the best representation. Us together are the best representation of Jesus on earth. I am not. Pastor Seth isn't, but we are together. I may be the foot, you may be the hands, but together we represent and proclaim Jesus most accurately. And he chose to use the church. He chose to use priests of the church. And Peter was a Jew, as you may or may not know, and he was probably referring to Arianic priestly functions. So he's referring back to his heritage of being a Jew and remembering that the priests gave sacrifices. And the priests were from the tribe of Levi, which was one of the 12 tribes of Israel. The foundation of the priestly duties was service. They served the other tribes by offering sacrifice in order to humbly serve where the others were not able to be served. And Nicholas Haydock Argues that the priesthood service was to be made acceptable through suffering humility. This would enable the whole nation of Israel to participate in God's mission to the nations. He goes on and says, God is enmeshed within Israel's social framework. He is a God of power who humbly presents himself in weakness for the benefit of others. And that's what the church is to be. And then as church planners in Czechia, it is our desire to serve humbly. Through using the gifts that God has enabled us to develop, speaking Czech, in order to herald a perfect message imperfectly. Because the gospel is the greatest news. And our ability is limited, but he is unlimited in his power. He has chosen to do that in incredible ways. And one of the ways that we've seen God do that in the past couple years is a guy named Marek. Marek was a delivery driver, and he was delivering even more packages than ever because of a thing called COVID. Everybody started ordering everything, and especially in the city where you could have a drink delivered to you. And Marek was so exhausted one day that he fell asleep at the wheel, ran off the road, and was sent to the hospital. Reconstructive surgery on his face, and was drinking through a straw and reflecting Who is God and why did I survive? Not long after his recovery, he laid at home for three months. He returned to work, delivering packages again. But on this day, 
uh, the package delivery route was different. He was supposed to be on his normal route, but this day particularly, he was sent to our district, our area of the city, which is called Badendorf. We live in a ta- uh, on a hill, as you saw from the picture, that looks over the city. And it's kind of isolated. You don't go to Badendorf unless you want to go to Aqua Park or visit a friend. And this day, he was delivering a package to Elena. Elena had ordered something, and Modic shows up at his door. It's kind of beautiful, isn't it? God has been working before Modic was even able to comprehend who God is, shaping his heart, his circumstances, and provides an opportunity for him to hear the gospel. And Elena does that. Elena shares the gospel and says, Hey, I know that you've probably never heard this before, but would you like to study the scriptures with us? And you know what he said? Yes. He said yes. So during COVID, we started a Bible study. Guess where? Online, just like you all, Zoom and everything. We were locked down for about 18 18 months. No restaurants, no stores outside of a grocery store. Everything was online at this time. So we were online studying the Bible. And seven months later, Madek decided, you know what? I want to follow Jesus and I want to give him my life. And this May, past May, May 1st, 2022, we had the privilege of baptizing Madek. And this is him giving a testimony and being baptized into the church. Bůh proměňuje životy, jeho láska je věčná a on působí v našich životech a nikdy to sama nevzdá, což je krásný. Ani se mnou nevzdal. Yeah, the water was as gross as you think. Yeah. But there was no other good water, and it was right there during a church retreat that we said, okay, let's do it. It's time. So we jumped in a half-filled uh, pool and said, well, we're going to follow Jesus no matter the circumstances. And uh, it was a beautiful um, opportunity for all of us to participate in God's work because I didn't do that. God did. He saves. He brought him to us. And what we did was faithfully share. And that's what God's calling us to do. We have the incredible privilege of the gospel being a part of our lives. The church does. And our responsibility is to share. Don't leave the seeds in the bag. Share. Sow the seeds of the gospel with everyone we come into contact with. So, the message of the gospel is one of hope. Modek's life, you were dead and now you've been raised to walk. I was once blind, but now I see. I was in darkness, but now I am in the light. This is the one of hope. The hope is that we were spiritually blinded, but now we have been moved into the kingdom of darkness. Those of us today have yet to choose follow Jesus. Oh, excuse me. Those that have fallen, chosen to follow Jesus, that's our hope. And maybe for some of you are exploring who Jesus is. You're welcome. You're welcomed by Jesus. He drew near to those that were far off. He loved the sinner. He loved those that were outcasts in society. And he promises something. That you will see things different when you meet him. The blind saw, the leper walked. And that's what promises we get to experience. 
And maybe you haven't experienced that yet. We invite you to experience Jesus. And the second point. God chose the church as a nation of priests for one purpose, proclamation. God chose the church as a nation of priests for one purpose, proclamation. Verses 9b through 10. Proclamation is what we did with Madoc. We proclaim the goodness of who Jesus is. And when the good news is proclaimed, people follow Jesus and the church then gathers. We live in a city that is post-communist, post-Christian culture. And post-communist meaning there's still trappings of communism. Memories of standing in line for a pair of shoes that may not even fit you. Or hoping to have an orange for Christmas. Post-Christian meaning there's tons of cathedrals, tons of places where worship could happen. Where the gathering of the church could occur. Yet the church isn't there. It's just evidence of post-Christian. And for us, when we have seen people come to faith, God is saving, we then gather. You say, well, what's the church look like in Prague? Well, we've been a part, by God's grace, of planting a church called Sierkevna Kopsi, Church on the Hill. And I want to give you a picture of what that looks like now. church. This is uh, our desires that God has raised up in us. He has brought to fruition. This church wouldn't exist except for God's grace. His faithfulness to raise up and make disciples through our faithful efforts. And it's not large. As you saw, our church is about 14 or 15 adults and 6 to 10 kids. 25 on a Sunday. But that is incredible for God is at work and he's saving and he's choosing to use this church to do it because if it wasn't for Lena's faithfulness Madek wouldn't be in the church if it wasn't for some Sunday school class teachers in this church I wouldn't be in Prague it's our work together that enables the mission of God to be fulfilled where he's calling us to serve where he's calling us to faithfully proclaim because God chose the church as a nation of priests for one purpose, proclamation. Proclamations are usually an event, and of an event that is either can be good or bad. Maybe you remember the story of King Asuras of the Persians from the book of Esther. He put out a proclamation that led to death, annihilation of all the Jews. And that proclamation is one that leads to death. But there is another proclamation that leads to life. Proclamation that angels gave good news of Jesus. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So they proclaim goodness. That's what we're to do. And how? How do we go about doing that? Well, we proclaim the excellencies of the goodness of Jesus. 
it says. Verse 9. A people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences, excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why? Once you were not a people, but now you are. Because we were once lost. We were once blind. But now we see, see through the excellencies of Jesus. And the what. We explain the what by sharing the goodness of who Jesus is. And to who? Who do we share these? Who who do we share this with? Those that are far from God. Living in a country, we travel with good tra- public transportation. We we ride a tram daily, and a tram can have upwards of two hundred people on it. And I remind myself, if there are sixty thousand believers in this country, it's most likely that I'm the only believer on this tram that knows Jesus. The only one. So as I walk and as I ride, I ask the Lord of this earth to save, to save checks, to save our friends. And as between services, I was uh, uh, checked my phone and I got about seven messages. As we're gathering now, our church is gathering to celebrate Dikuzani, which is giving thanks giving thanks we did multiple years and we had uh, about 50 to 60 people sign up to join us in a meal and one family that arrived today that i got a message from was lutska and vashek incredible friends of ours that are joys in our lives and yet are far from god that's the who michael misha ludwig and honza those are the who And I'm sure you have Paul's or Sarah's or John's in your lives that don't know Jesus. That's the who. And the what we know. Because the goodness of Jesus, what he has done, what he's doing and will do, that's what we proclaim. We proclaim the things that God is doing because he's alive. He's not dead. He's convicting us of sin, drawing us and sending us out again. Because what he's done in us, he wants to do through us. He wants to further his incredible power through us. Ordinary, faithful, ordinary, faithful disciples, just like you and me. And this idea that Peter continues, he's building us up. We're living stones formed into a church, uh, which is a physical representation of Jesus on the earth. So, God is saving, and he's choosing to use his church to do it. He's saving us from our selfishness, our apathy towards our neighbor who is blind, who is dead to sin, who is not alive to Christ. And he's choosing to use us because the church is the best representation of Jesus on earth. We serve in Prague because we want Jesus to be known. Because Jesus truly is the greatest good that we could ever pursue. He's the greatest good in our World, And without him, we are truly helpless. And so, as we live and serve in an uh, atheistic, postmodern, post-Christian culture, we are reminded that we are not alone. Our church may be small, but we have an incredible family that is on mission, that is encouraging us and supporting us. And we are so thankful to count you all as a part of that. And so, as I conclude today, you may say, well, 
Um, what do I do next? What does God want you to believe? Most of my sin is a result of my beliefs. I believe this will give me greater satisfaction or that will give me greater hope than Jesus. Where do you need to place your hope in? Who do you need to place your hope in? And where do you need to remove it from? What do you need to say? What does God want you to say or do? You may not choose to follow Jesus. Maybe today is the first time you've ever heard the good news that Jesus paid the penalty each of us deserve to pay. And he paid it in order for us to be brought into his family. Not just forgiven and thrown out, but drawn in. We were enemies and God brought us into his family. He drew us closer. And maybe today you're exploring what it means for Jesus would save you. What would mean for Jesus to save you. But maybe some of you have already chosen to follow Jesus today. And today is the time to reflect on why God has given, been merciful and been given you, has given you mercy. And for what purpose your priesthood has been given to you. Because as we've seen from our verses today, but you are a chosen race, a holy priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light and as you consider um, these things I'd also ask you to pray for us Um, Pastor Seth has some of our prayer cards that you guys we would love to give to you and share some of the things that are going on with us which has a QR code where you can be a part of our prayer update if you'd like to join that just click the QR code and you'll be signed up But some of the things I shared with uh, Thanksgiving today that's happening as we gather here, the church in Prague is also gathering. You can pray for our outreaches. Today's one of them. We also are having an Exploring Christianity, that's starting this fall. Um, We have multiple people, three, that are interested in joining that. It's a course or an outreach that allows people to engage with the Bible in a way that they have never had any interaction before. They have never opened the Bible and are curious. Those are the people that we pray for. And we ask that God would save them because truly outside of God's faithful hand of saving, we have no power. So as you pray, pray for the Bible studies and grill outs. Some of you have been to our grill outs. Some of you have seen pictures. And it's an opportunity for us who are city dwellers that live in an urban city in the concrete journal to provide a place for people to know and be known. A place for people to come and get to know each other. Because we can travel in the city and never meet anyone. You can be around and among lots of people and yet not know or be known by anyone. So loneliness is an, an epidemic in our city and in many cities and places around the world. And Jesus was a friend of sinners. And so we want to be a friend to our city. We want to be a friend to our community because that's what Jesus would do. You can also give. Lottie Moon season is upon us. Your giving to Lottie affects everything we do. Our presence to be able to proclaim is affected by your giving. Our children's education is affected. Our health care to go to the dentist is affected by your giving. And we thank you 
for your faithfulness, your generosity. Cross Saints Baptist has been incredibly generous to us, the McClures, and we are thankful for you. But he also can go. We are not a people that stays. As God has called us to go. As you're going, make disciples to the ends of the earth. And we are called to do that in Prague. But some of you are called to also go to the nations. Some of you are called to be making disciples in your workplace as engineers, accountants, doctors, teachers, through your profession. Because God chooses to use the ordinary, everyday acts to further his kingdom. And as we faithfully live, faithfully proclaim through our lives and our words, his kingdom is coming. And so as you are considering these things today, I ask you again, what does God want you to believe or us to believe? What does God want us to say? Or what does God want us to do? Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your kingdom and proclaim the excellencies of who you are and what you've done in an amazing city. Lord, I love Prague. And I know many people in this room love Prague. But you love it more than we ever could imagine. You died in order for Prajatsi to know you. And we ask as we are gathering here, and Sirkev Nakopsi is gathering in Barandov, we ask that you would move in the hearts and the lives of Lutsky, Michalova, Misha, Philip, these dear friends of ours that have yet to embrace the gospel. We know that you love them more than we ever could, and we ask that you would save. We ask that you would move in their hearts and lives because you are incredibly faithful. This is about eternity, and we ask and we desire for our friends, our colleagues, our family members to know you. Those that are far off from you, you've placed us in their lives in order for us to be ministers, priests of proclaiming and serving them. Serving them in ways that they can't be served without us being in their lives. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing in this church and in this world in order for you to usher in your kingdom at this time. Amen.